ready? Today I want to talk about the incredible extent of God's blessings. We've been talking about blessings. We looked at, last time I spoke, a couple weeks ago, we looked at Aaron's blessing and the one that he spoke upon us in the areas that God wants to bless us in. But now today I want to talk about the incredible extent of God's blessings. Uh, To put it in as simple a form as possible, God wants to bless every single aspect of our lives, and he has a plan for that, and he has ways for that. So I just want us to know that God's for us, and he desires to pour out his blessings. He's for you and wants to give you blessings. And there's this passage in Ephesians chapter uh, 3, verses 20 and 21. It says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus for all generations, forever and ever. Amen. But it's to him who can give abundantly beyond all that we can ask or think. He's the one who's who's at work in our, our hearts and our lives. So, what we want to do is we want to look at a passage of Scripture, and I'm going to read it. This is coming out of uh, Deuteronomy chapter 28. And if you know anything about that section of Scripture, so in Deuteronomy uh, 28, Moses is setting the children of Israel before two mountains. And he has half of the children of Israel stand on one mountain, half by the other mountain, and he makes this declaration of blessings and cursings that will come upon the children of Israel. Um, and so, blessings for following him, and the curses if they decide to walk in their own ways. So, here's what he says about the blessing part. We're going to look at the blessing because it kind of gives us a scope. I don't even think it goes into the fullness of all the spiritual blessings that are available in a court. Since Christ has come, there's so much more available to us now. But I want you to get the scope. Listen to what it says. Listen to how how many times it says blessed. Listen to the different areas and ways that we're to be blessed. So here it goes. Now it shall be, if you diligently obey the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments, which I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth all these blessings will come to you and overtake you if you obey the lord your god blessed shall you be in the city blessed shall you be in the country blessed shall be the offspring of your body and the produce of your ground and the offspring of your beasts and the increase of your herd and the young of your flock Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. They will come out against you one way, and they will flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing upon you in your barns and in all that you put your hand to. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. 
The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself as he swore to you if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. So all the peoples of the earth will see that you are called by my name, by the name of the Lord, and they will be afraid of you. The Lord will make you abound in prosperity, in the offspring of your body, in the offspring of your beast, in the produce of your ground, in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give to you. The Lord will open up for you his good storehouse, the heavens, to give rain to your land in its season and bless all the work of your hand. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and you only will be above, and you will not be underneath. If you listen to the commands of the Lord your God, which I charge you today, and observe them carefully, and do not turn aside from him in any Uh, words which I command you today to the right or to the left to go after other gods and to serve them. That's a mouthful, isn't it? That was like blessing, 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 blessing. You know, this only 14 verses. I think there's like 56 verses of curses. So we don't want to go there. We don't want to be involved in that. But here's what the the Word of God says very clearly, and this is, we have to understand this, and I think we do, but I always like to underline things and make them right down to the, the bottom of the foundations of things. God's blessings come through doing things God's way. It's just that simple. God's blessings come from doing things God's way. Now, we're going to see in some of the illustrations that I use here that not everything goes smoothly. Because you remember how the scripture says, your enemies are going to come in. That means they're fighting against you. But God's going to cause them to go out seven ways. So that means we have battles to face. We have things that we have to go through. But ultimately, God's blessings will will come upon us. So God's blessings come through doing things his way. So he's the creator. And he knows what's good for us. He knows what's right for us. He knows everything about it. And he graciously gives us knowledge of his ways in his word. And if you go through some of the Psalms and and you go through the Proverbs and you go through these things, it talks about wisdom that God gives us understanding and how to live and how to walk and, and how to bring about his purposes. So he shows us these things. And we... He wants us to experience life as he intends it to be. That's his whole goal. He's a God who blesses. So I thought of an illustration, and every single piece of equipment that I have, doesn't doesn't matter what you buy, there's an instruction manual with it. So I have an instruction manual for my vehicle tells me what kind of gas to put in, that it has to be a certain quality of gas, because you can buy cars that have just regular unleaded fuel, the E85 fuel. You can have cars that can do all these different things, and so it tells me when to change the oil, tells me what weight of oil to put in. It tells me how, how, when to rotate my tires, how to put, how much air to put in the tires. It gives me a lot and lot of instructions. And, you know, you think, why so many instructions? Well, I just want to drive my car. 
Isn't that, I just, all I want to do is get in. I don't, I don't want this silly manual. I just want to get in. I want to turn the key and drive my car. So why should I have to worry about all these instructions from this instruction manual? But you know what? It's very simple. It tells us the best way to keep our car running and fit and the best way to keep it the longest. And so that really becomes important. So let's say I do have uh, I do have one that takes unleaded fuel. You know, it's just a regular regular gas. And suppose I go to pull up into the gas station and I grab one of those green handled pumps. That would be diesel, by the way. You grab that, pop it in there, even though I don't think it fits because they made it bigger, so you can't accidentally stick it in there and put stuff. But if I were to be able to get diesel fuel just because, hey, I'm, I'm tired of putting unleaded in here. I want to put some diesel in because I need a change of pace here, right? I want to do things my way. I want diesel. I don't want this other. And I find a way to get it in there, and I get it in there. And what's going to happen is I maybe can get it started. I can probably start driving, but very soon it's going to clog everything up. It's going to clog my filters up. It's going to mess up all the stuff in the engine. Now, I'm not a super mechanic. I should have Jerry up here saying this. He's not here, though, uh, this weekend. But it will mess your car up, and it'll stop running, and it can even destroy the engine because diesel fuel's not made for a regular vehicle and so you go well why so many instructions why why do i have to do this because the manufacturer in this case knows best knows what's going to help this car run and god has that that's why he's given us his word we can find in his word you know well i'm just going to say a brief thing on this if we have the word of god and we use it just as a bunch of principles we're missing we're missing and misunderstanding what the word of god is it's for to change our heart it's to show us how to walk with god and to be with god and to live with god it's not just an instruction manual that just lays everything out i know people have said that but it isn't it does give us direction but it's not principle living because anyone can live by principles we're living in relationship with god we're living according to his purposes and when we walk in that way god's blessings come to us it says if we desire god's blessing then we better pay attention to what he says and it says in verse 1 and verse 14 there's another one in like verse 11 it talks about us needing to hear his voice and obey him and I really like this one and put this in here now. This, we're talking about God's blessings will pursue you. Did you catch that in verse 2? God's word will pursue you. It says all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if you obey the, the word of God. So as we're walking with God, as we're going through things and situations, trials, difficult things, as we go through life and, and we choose his way, you know, then things are going to happen. You're, you're going to see it here in a moment with a couple of the illustrations, at least one for sure. But these blessings are going to pursue you. The blessings are going to overtake you. They're going to come upon you. And that takes a long-term view. Because we can't just look at what's right before us. We have to understand that God's going to move. So let's talk about the scope of God's blessing. And here's the one I really want us to see for, for this idea of going through difficulties. God says we're going to have prosperity. He's going to give us prosperity. So the first 
uh, part of verse 11 says, the Lord will make you abound in prosperity. Now that seems to be crazy. Why would you say abound in prosperity? Abound, because God always does more. He does more than. Prosperity is, is riches and wonderful things. Here's what prosperity has to do with. Prosperity, um, it doesn't matter if you live in a city. It doesn't matter if you live in the country. It doesn't matter what you're doing. He wants to give us this prosperity. It means good, pleasant, beautiful, delightful, glad, joyful, precious, correct, righteous. That's the whole concept of this. But he don't, doesn't want to just give us prosperity, which speaks of riches and wealth in every different area, not just financially, but he wants us to abound in prosperity. And that's quite a different thing. So he wants us to bless the offspring of our bodies, the produce of the ground, the offspring of our beasts and herds. And if you're not a farmer, he wants to bless whatever your hand's working at because a lot of this stuff, when it was written, was that it was in an agricultural setting, and so they used a lot of those kind of illustrations because people understood it. Um, but for us, whatever we put our hand to, God wants to bless. He wants to increase us on our job. He wants to increase our relationships. He wants to bring blessings there. So the first thing I thought of when I was thinking of this prosperity is Joseph. Because you can always take the scripture and you can say, yeah, sure, this doesn't work. This doesn't work. This prosperity thing doesn't work. And you can go and look at the life of Joseph. And if you take the first part of his life, then maybe it doesn't work. But if you continue on and watch over time as God works in the situation, you're going to see that these blessings do overcome. So you know Joseph, he had this dream coat of many colors and all this, and well, he didn't have a dream about the coat, but he had a dream that his brothers were bowing down to him, and then his mom and dad, and he got rebuked, and his brothers hated his guts, and they're going to kill him. So they decide, here comes the dreamer, let's kill him. And so they throw him in a pit, and they're going to come back later and destroy him, and then they decide, well, we're, we'll just sell him into slavery. So he gets sold into slavery. Now that really doesn't look like brothers bowing down, mom and dad bowing down. It doesn't look anything like that. As a matter of fact, it looks like the absolute total opposite. Now he's sold into slavery. And you can look at his life and say, see, God's promises, they just don't come true. See, God's not prospering him. He's sold into slavery. But if we continue to watch his life, what we'll see is when he's in Potiphar's house, Potiphar recognizes that the Spirit of the Lord is upon him and that everything he does, he, God blesses. He sees it. He physically sees it and recognizes God's blessing. And so he puts Joseph in charge of everything. Now, you know he had to have servants that were there way longer than Joseph. Because Joseph's whole, whole time in, in captivity and all these things is really only about 13 years of his life, which is a long time when you're imprisoned or when you're in slavery, when you're struggling with these things. So he's in Potiphar's house, but he recognizes this, places him in all over everything, everything in his house. That is the blessing of God. It's catching up with him. He's in this place, in this position. Even though he's in slavery, God still blesses him. And then, of course, then we can say, well, you know, 
here comes Potiphar's wife wants wants to have sex with him and he refuses to do it. He says, no, I'm not going to sin against the Lord or my master who put me in charge of his whole household. Why would I do this? Rape, rape, she screams and he's in prison. Now this, he's not only now a slave, but he's in prison and he's locked up within this facility and he's in there and he's at the lowest of lows, how lower can you get? He's, he's totally, absolutely incarcerated. He has no freedom or liberty. You have to think, slaves in a house like Potiphar's, he would have been in a good position. He would have eaten well. He would have had all sorts of, of freedom and liberty within the structure of that. But now he's imprisoned and he's stuck there. But you know what? This is what's so interesting. Even in prison, he served the Lord. And even in prison, God helped the, the, prison, the chief jailer see the blessing of God upon him. He puts him in charge of everything in the prison. Well, wait a minute. This isn't right. He's, he's sold into slavery. He's in prison. This isn't a blessing. But God blesses him in the midst of this. And then... He tells these two guys their dreams. And he says, one, that he's going to get set free. And he says, remind, remember me to Pharaoh. Remind him that I'm in here and I'm in here for a, a false reason. Get me out of here. And, of course, the guy goes, and does he remember? No. He's going, woo, I got my position back. I'm in power again. I'm, I'm the chief cupbearer for, for Pharaoh. I'm in this place. And he forgets all about him until a couple years later. Now, here's two years. Come on. Where's the prosperity? Where's the blessing? And then all of a sudden, Pharaoh has a dream that no one can answer. And this guy goes, oh, <laughs> I remember there's that guy who told me my dream, Joseph. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go get him. They clean him up, you know, because I'm sure he didn't smell too good. They cleaned him up, took care of him, got him all dressed up, and he came into Pharaoh, and he told Pharaoh the dream. And we know what happens next is he's placed as second in command of all of Egypt. He could do whatever he wanted within the land of Egypt because God placed his favor upon him now between this wonderful vision that he had this dream that he had and the fulfillment of this is 13 years and then guess what happens his brothers come to him and what do they do they all bow before him they didn't know it was him but they bowed before him the dream was true but it took 13 years and a lot of heartache and a lot of pain and a lot of sorrow. But he continued to serve the Lord in the midst of his situation. And God brought his blessing, his abundance. And that's an important thing. So we have prosperity. That's a wonderful, wonderful thing. So then also one of the things, this is where I'm going to get a little faster. You ready? Because that one was important we got to do this. He gives us protection. The Lord promises his protect, protection against our enemies. They come and they attack, but they're scattered seven ways. He didn't say you'll be untouchable. No one will ever mess with you. You'll never have difficulty trials. You'll never have those who hate you. Because Jesus said we're going to have that stuff. We're living in this world. There are going to be those 
who hate you and who oppose you, but you love your enemies. You be good to those and pray for those who persecute you. You stand up in the power of the Holy Spirit and allow this, and then God will be our avengers. So all the plotting of the enemy will come to naught. They'll come in one way and be sent out seven, and so that's really important. But I thought about this. Who's, who's the main one you think about when you think about this? I think about David. I think about David. Don't you love it when you have too many pieces of paper? Um, David's anointed as king. Oh, my. And for years, he's running and hiding from Saul. Saul becomes jealous of him, think he's going to conquer the kingdom and take it over. And so he tries to kill David, and David for years is running around in the wilderness. Where's your promise? I'm going to be the king. And he's hiding in a cave. Doesn't make any sense. But you continue on with the Lord. You serve the Lord. You believe in the Lord. You trust in him and place your life in his in. Uh, in his hands and guess what he begins to move he begins to do these things so if you look at like uh, psalm 28 here's one you know david has a, a whole bunch of these you can just it doesn't matter he has so many of them that he talks about god being his his protection protection and keeping him and and he can wake up He can lay down in peace and sleep and wake up because God watches over him, even when they're trying to kill him. So Psalm 28, verses 7 through 9 says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and I'm helped. Therefore my heart exalts, and with my song I shall thank him. The Lord is their strength. He is the saving defense of his anointed. Save your people, bless your inheritance. Be their shepherd also and carry them forever. So there's this idea of God protecting and watching over and keeping us. And then you can even say, you know what, I I have some examples right now where I can just say, well, how about these people? How about the ones that are getting killed? We have people who are getting killed every single solitary day because they're Christians. They're getting beheaded. All these things are taking place. But you know what? God talks about doesn't matter. When we go through persecution and trial, it looks like a failure from our perspective. But when, they, when, when they're killed, guess what it shows us in, in the book of Revelation? Those who are martyred for the faith are standing right before the throne of God. Don't have time to go there. They're there. You can read it. Go to the book of Revelation. Talks about them being in the presence going, how long, God, how long are you going to let this stuff go on before you deal with it all? And he's going to, that's for sure. So what we think is a failure and, oh, God's not protecting them, no one can take their soul from his hand. No one. Life or death can't separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. We are solid in that. No one can take us out of his hand. And so even if we die... We're still alive in him. It says, he who believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live, right? So, spiritual well-being is the next one. So we have this protection from God. We have spiritual well-being. He wants to bless us with spiritual well-being. So Moses reveals that part of the incredible blessings that God gives us 
is that we're called people. So in verse 9, he says, The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself as he swore to you. That he was going to set them apart. That people were going to see their lives, see the blessing upon them, and be drawn to the Lord. So we're, we're the people of God. And you know, when we walk in his ways, people can tell the difference. People can see it. I want to give you one example here. First Kings chapter 10. This is talking about Solomon. Do you remember what Solomon did? He asked the Lord when he became king. He didn't ask him for riches or wealth or power or anything. He didn't ask him for any of that kind of stuff. He said, give me wisdom to lead your people. Help me. Give me wisdom. I need wisdom. How am I going to lead these people? Because there's a whole bunch of them, and I have no idea how to do it. And God says, you know what? Because you asked for wisdom, because you were looking to meet the needs of other people, because you were doing that very thing, I'm going to give you everything you didn't ask for. I'm going to give you wealth. I'm going to give you riches. I'm going to give you everything. And so so what happened is that people began to hear about the incredibleness of who Solomon was. And so here's the story of the Queen of Sheba. And listen to what it says. She was drawn to him because of the wisdom that God gave to him. She was drawn because of the blessing of the Lord. So it says, verse 1, it says, Now when the Queen of Sheba heard about the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord... Right? This is about God. This isn't just about Solomon. I'm going to see Solomon because he's cool. No, he, this is Solomon because of the name of the Lord. She came to test him with difficult questions. So she came to Jerusalem with a very large retinue, with camels carrying spices and very much gold and precious stones. And when she came to Solomon, she spoke with him about all that was in her heart. Solomon answered all of her questions. Nothing was hidden from the king which he did not explain to her. And when the queen of Sheba perceived all the wisdom of Solomon and the house that he had built, the food at his table, the seating of his servants, the attendance of his waiters, their attire, his cupbearers, his stairway by which he went up to the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. Then she said to the king, It was true report which I had heard in my own land about you and your words and your wisdom. Nevertheless, I did not believe the reports until I came and my own eyes had seen it. And behold, the half was not told me. You exceed in wisdom and prosperity the report which I heard. How blessed are your men. How blessed are those of your servants who stand before you continually and hear your wisdom. Blessed be the Lord your God who delighted in you and set you on a throne of Israel because the Lord loved Israel forever. Therefore he made you king to do justice and righteousness. She gave him 120 talents of gold, a very large number of spices and precious stones. Never again did such abundance of spices come into the land which the queen of Sheba had given to King Solomon. So she comes because of the name of the Lord. She sees all the things that are going on in his life, and she is blown away because God wants to bring this prosperity. Now, am I saying we're going to be millionaires? Not a a chance. We're not all going to be millionaires. That's not what this is all about. But his blessings brings riches and increase and all those things. 
So here we see it. And here's the one I really like and we're going to end with is a prominence. God wants to give us prominence. Remember, it says you'll be the head and not the tail. People will come to you. There's a prominence that God wants to do. Do you realize that God wants to exalt you in the eyes of people around you because of his glory on you? He wants you to walk in his ways. He wants you to be blessed so that people can look at your life and say, that's what I, that's what I want. That's what I need. And this is really kind of interesting. So um, Moses says it a couple of different ways. He says, if we choose to follow after God, he'll make us prosper to the, to the point where others are going to see it and recognize it. And so just think of that. Remember Joseph. They saw the blessing of God upon him, and they appointed him and raised him in positions. So the idea of being exalted is not so that we can say, look how cool I am. It's so that God can get glory and people can come to know him. Just remember Solomon. And so here's the thing. This exaltation that God wants to do isn't just for for us to be exalted. It's so that he is exalted. And it says in 1 Peter 5, 6, Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in the proper time. So God wants to exalt you. He wants to raise you up. He wants you to be an example. He wants others to see your life and come. So God told them they'd be set high above the nations. I just want to leave you with this illustration and I'm going to give you a blessing. So I was working in a in a place. This is you know just a regular old job. I had, I had gotten out of the military and I was trying to figure out where to go to Bible college. And so I started working at this place. And so what I would do is I'd come and I'd read my Bible on my break, you know, and lunch break and and my 15 minute breaks and stuff. And I'd just sit there and read the Bible. And this guy would come in. Oh yeah, look at you, you holier than thou guy. Look at you reading the Bible. Who do you think you are? Every day. I mean, every day. He would just mouth off and make fun of me and just tease me in front of everybody and, and call me names and tell me, oh yeah, I'm sure you do this and I'm sure you do that and blah, blah. And off he just would just on and on so i just ignore him you know i go yeah right and just keep reading doing my stuff well he would do this and do this and do this and make fun and and here's how it works if we will just allow the lord you know he says to bless our enemies and those who are that's not really too much persecution somebody just mouthing off at you it's not like he's beating me or anything but, you know, there's mental stuff that goes on. And so he's doing this, and I'm just kind of blessing him and saying, Oh, Lord, help him. And just, I'm not going to fight with you. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to go back and forth because that's just a waste of time. And so I left the door open because later on, this was a few months later, next thing you know, I'm working in this area by myself, and here he comes. And he's standing there. Yeah? Can I help you? I got this going on in my life, and I got this going on in my life, and I just wanted to come to you and talk to you. See, the thing is, is that 
we can cut people off by trying to defend ourselves and attack back with the same thing. It says overcome evil with good. And so that we can be a resource to people when they really come to the bottom. Because my goal isn't to hurt this guy because he was that way. My goal was to see him come to know the Lord. And so I was able to speak to him. I was able to minister to him. But I never would have if I didn't, didn't do this. God wants to raise us up so that people will come. Yeah, sure, they'll pick on us. They'll make fun of us, especially when there's a group. Because that's, you know, people are kind of chameleons that way. You know, they'll do things in a group that they would never do to your face privately. And so that really becomes interesting. So I just want to say that God wants to raise us up. God wants people to see our lives. God wants us to be so blessed that people are drawn like a magnet to us and go, Oh, help me. I want to know more about this. I want, I want what you have. And we can do that because God's blessings are always pursuing it. But we have to walk in his ways. So, are you ready? I'm going to bless you guys. Now, you might wonder what I'm going to bless you with. Same stuff I just taught you. All right, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord's, the blessings of the Lord come upon you and overtake you. Lord, even do something this week that's special. Just let each one know how you're there for them. May the Lord prosper the work of your hands. May he protect all that is yours. May the Lord establish you and give you prominence. And may people be drawn to you and come to a knowledge of the Lord. Amen. God bless you. Have an awesome day. And if you'd like prayer for anything, feel free to come. Amen.